Hello and welcome to this episode of the Central Valley Politics Podcast, brought to you by the Student Media Center at California State University, Stanislaus, home of The Signal, student-run newspaper, and 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative radio station. You can find both online at csusignal.com or kcss.net. This is your producer, Mariah Esparza. I'm an English major at Stan State, and I'm getting my journalism minor here as well. And I'm happy that I got to work with Dr. Stevens and her political communication students on this podcast. At Stan State, Dr. Stevens is a communication studies professor, and every election season, she teaches a class in political communication, where she and her students study history and theory as a means of better understanding the rhetoric surrounding current political campaigns. This year, they decided to reach out to a larger audience to share what they've learned about the local candidates that we all voted for in November. And so the Central Valley Politics podcast was born. This episode is an election update on who won and what the candidates are doing now. This is the last Central Valley Politics episode of this semester, and hopefully we will be able to continue in the future. Enjoy. All right, so if you all have your notes out, um, we can get started on the very last, uh, our last group discussion for Central Valley Politics podcast. We're going to talk about how your candidates that you've been following all semester did, what you learned, all that kind of fun stuff. So who would like to start us off? I'll do it. Clara Zapian, <laughs> take it away. Okay, so I thought it was interesting for starters that um, Stanislaus County has 241,196 registered voters and the turnout was 168,653. Oh, I'm getting all this information from stanvote.com, by the way. Um, and I thought that was interesting because that's quite a lot of people that came out to vote. And um, from an article that I read in the Modesto Bee, it said that that's the most that has ever come out to vote for a national election. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so for District 2, Gil Esker um, got more votes than Jaime Franco, but he made it known on his Facebook that they're not going to be like for sure until December 8th. Who made it known? Um, Gil? Gil, Gil yes. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jaime Franco hasn't updated his Facebook since November 8th. He said he was going to be at an event, and that's the last thing he said. So what's the vote tally for Gil Esquerra versus um, Jaime Franco? So right now, Gil has 2,000 um, and the 97, and then Jaime Franco has 1,168. Mm-hmm. So that one's pretty clear then. Yeah. Even though it's not super final, it's pretty clear that it's Gil for mm-hmm. District 2. Cool. And then... Um, I'm Gabby Peralta, and for District 4, we covered the same turnout election for District 4 for the council seat there. Um, they're still tallying votes, and as of yesterday, uh, I think it was like around 6 o'clock at night, there are still 16 votes apart, so Nacimiento is, I think, 16 votes ahead of Boo Black, like as of last night, which I think is just incredibly crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting, right, watching that count. Did you want to add to that? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm like, I did. I went deep into this research because I wanted to be <laughs> thorough. Um, so Stephen updated his Facebook 17 hours ago, and he pretty much just said um, they're still counting and that it's 16 votes. And I thought it was interesting. Somebody commented, why does it take so long to count the ballots? Geez, nerve-wracking for you. And then he responded that it's a process. There are thousands of ballots throughout the county that need to be, um, that need additional review before they can be counted. But yes, nerve-wracking, um, for sure. So I feel like he's, I, I like that he's interacting with people that are asking, and the, his response pretty much just goes with the image that he gave when he came to speak with us, and um, it shows that he kind of respects what's happening. He's not like 
because I know people probably are losing their patience that aren't even in the like in the race they're just expecting it so I thought that that was really considerate of him um to say that as for Amy she hasn't where do I have that information she hasn't really um brought it up um the last thing she posted was on November 15th um and it was something unrelated <laughs> she said she was going to be at another event also so mm-hmm. um yeah that was it Cool. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch, right? Seeing local politics. Talk about your vote counting, right? The difference between 16 people turning out for one candidate or the other. Um, and it's pretty cool that Stanislaus County had the most number of registered voters turn out ever. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Way to go, Stanislaus County. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that great report, Clara and um, Gabby. That's fantastic. <laughs> Whew, nice space out. So, who's next? Corey. So, myself, Brittany, Shannon, and Arjun, we covered uh, the senator, uh, senator race between Kamala Harris and Loretta Sanchez. And uh, if you haven't heard already, but the uh, voting numbers are in, and Kamala won uh, by the percentage of 62.5 to 37.5. So it was incredibly overwhelming. Um, through an article in the LA Times, they kind of moved forward from the election with Kamala Harris and they started naming um, some of the first staffers of part of her uh, staff. Uh, One person that got mentioned is her now chief of staff who was named her chief deputy of attorney uh, for her attorney general position and Nathan Barrington. So um, that that was really big news. They also named a lot of few other people. Um, I don't know about everybody else but there hasn't been much with Loretta ever since the election was over with and um, there was another uh, LA Times article who's mentioning that they can see Loretta um, who by the way before uh, before the primary was over with I mean after the primary was over with excuse me she chose not to run again for her House of Representatives position and so she's kind of doesn't necessarily have a position right now so um, they see her running for a position for like board of supervisors or possibly waiting until Diane Feinstein ends up um, also retiring as well. So that's what I was able to get. Um, and to expand a little bit more on Kamala Harris, so she has won the Senate seat. There has been a lot of talk and speculation that the Democratic Party may pick her as the next person to run for president in 2020, which is pretty big news. Um, they have a couple other people in mind, but she kind of is tending to be a little bit of a front runner right now, which is interesting. Um, and then I also found like a specific piece of information that I thought was just interesting that when the results came in, um, Kamala Harris she won 56 of the 58 counties in California, even taking Orange County, which is where Loretta is from. So she even <laughs> took Loretta's own <laughs> Well, thanks, Brittany. Good report. Um, I also um, have been staying really on top of um, Kamala Harris, and she's also, she stated since she won the seat that she definitely will stand with immigrant families to try to keep families together, and she again wants to really focus on education and making college affordable and free, uh, or close to it, and um, she also said that she really, really wants to keep the Affordable Care Act, because Trump has said that he'll try to eliminate it, so she said that she'll try to stand her ground. And she also said that she'll try her best to try to work with Republicans when needed. Um, I also want to say something about um, 
during her acceptance speech, the Huffington Post actually report, um, reported that she was extremely somber during her speech, um, probably because Trump had already been announced president-elect, and obviously as a Democrat, she was very saddened by that. And so they described her speech as being very somber. And I actually have a quotation from her if I Please. say it. She says, our ideals are at, at straight, sorry, our ideals are at stake right now, and we have to fight for what we are. I believe this, this, that, I believe this is our moment in time for our future country, where we are collectively being required to look in the mirror. And with, bur with furrowed brow, we are asking a question, who are we? In California, I believe the answer is a good one. We are great, we are a great country. So I think that she really wants us to stand together and try to unite as well. So it's kind of what I have for Kamala. That's great, thanks Shannon, that's very uplifting. Cool. Oh, hi. Um, this is um, this is Aldrin. So, um, yeah, I've been keeping up to date with um, Kamala. Well, just because there's like you know a lot of news about her for Loretta, I can't really find anything. So, um, interesting fact um, for uh, Kamala Harris, I got this article from the L.A. Times. She's planning to like keep her, you know, uh, job as attorney general until her um, U.S. Senate term begins. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I assume that she probably like she was, you know, I assume that she is gonna like, you know, start like her Senate term early. But that's not actually the case. Yeah, because you can't do that, right? You have to wait till you're actually sworn in. Oh, There's yes. There's a specific start date for that, so that makes sense. Yep. Cool. Thanks. All right. Hi, this is Joseph. Um, Austin and I covered the Stockton mayoral race between incumbent Anthony Silva and Michael Tubbs. And according to the San Joaquin County Registrar of Voters, they have a... Um, unofficial uh, final results from November 23rd, but it was pretty much a landslide. There was about 300,000 uh, Stockton residents, but only 71,287 votes for mayor. And um, Tubbs took 50,749 of those. So it was a proud 71% lead over Silva. So pretty much the actions of Silva shown that the vote that everybody had for tubs was either for tubs and against Silva. So we also found a uh, radio interview that was done on Monday the 28th um, on Capitol Public Radio with Beth uh, Riak. So it was basically just a, a interview about his plans for the city and uh, what the future holds for Stockton. So that was pretty interesting because he was professional, he kept his decorum, and um, has maintained that throughout the whole election. Fantastic, and this is Tubbs that you're talking about? That's who was interviewed? Yeah, Michael Tubbs, and you can find that at capradio.org. Terrific, thank you. Thanks, Joseph. Yeah, this is Austin Larson, uh, I'm also with Joseph. Something that I found online, it's on fox40.com, they wrote an article about how uh, Silva and Tubbs met for the first time at a meeting, I think a week after uh, the results came out. And Anthony Silva did what he was supposed to do. He said he was gonna have a, um, a peaceful transition of power for the city and he wanted all of his followers to support Michael Tubbs um, 
and what he has planned. He said that he wants Tubbs to continue his work on um, giving the homeless a place to stay or, like, having a place to be. So that's something that he told him. And then he also had a little bit to say about how... Um, or I'll just I'll read the quote. He said, one day there will come a time where the new mayor-elect might not agree with something they want him to do, but they're going to remind him that they gave him $250,000 and he needs to come through with his end of the bargain. So he's basically talking about how financial backers... He thinks financial backers are the reason that he lost the vote, or he at least he said that's part of the reason why he thinks he might have lost the vote. Um, and it's pretty interesting for him to say that. I think he said it... I'm not sure if he said that during the meeting or if that was just with the, the interview that he had with Fox 40, but I didn't know he thought that, but that's interesting that he um, had that to say. And then they also asked Tubbs in that uh, interview on the radio station they asked him if marijuana was going to be a catalyst for Stockton, and he kind of said that it is because they're going to make money off the taxes of it. And then he also thinks it's going to lower the amount of people in prison for having weed on them because now it's legal to have less than a gram on you. And people were doing what, like, I think he said 18 years for having weed on them or, like, possession of marijuana. So that's what we also got from, from the recent news. Fantastic. Thanks, Austin. Good report. And and just as a reminder for people who may not have listened to your pre-election coverage, um, while I um, agree with you that uh, he might think that it was partly through financial backing for Tubbs that, um, that he lost, why do you think Silva lost the election? Um, well, we feel that Silva lost the election because of his behavior, and I feel that most citizens of Stockton voted for Michael Tubbs because he was involved in um, legal issues and um, a couple of crimes that he was um, accused of. So he's still on trial for that. And he's had some bizarre behaviors that people didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think something that Tubbs pointed out too was that um, he never really accomplished anything. He said in one of his um, interviews, I don't remember what website it was on or who interviewed him, but he said that one of the things that he did was the fireworks and helping the homeless, and then he said that was pretty much all he's done so far. So I think the community kind of really took that in and said, okay, wait, what has he really done? And they all had to go upon themselves and find out what he has done and what they think he's done. And I think the city just wanted to move forward and try something new because where they were, it wasn't getting any better. It wasn't getting worse, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily improving. And I think people wanted, wanted the change that he was going to bring and the intelligence that he was going to bring as well. Mm -hmm. Great, thanks. And I just want to clarify, because uh, we're using a lot of pronouns there, I want to clarify that it was Silva who was facing the criminal allegations and not, uh, not Tubbs. So... Yeah, that's correct. Tubbs was too. Tubbs had a DUI, I think, a couple years ago. But yeah, you're correct on that one. <laughs> Excellent. And just real quick, one one last little bit um, from a positive standpoint, because you've talked about a lot of negative reasons for not voting for Silva. But um, I remember when we were talking about this a week or so ago that there was a lot of positive sentiment about Tubbs too. Can you just real quick recap that for us? Yeah. So a lot of people, um, or at least the city of Stockton, it's there's a positive going because 
Yeah, I mean, he was what? So he's the first black mayor of Stockton. He's only what twenty eight years old. So he's twenty six years old. Um, he's got a history that most other people don't have at twenty six years old. Graduated from Stanford with a master's. Inter. He had an internship with Google, and he had an internship with the White House under Barack Obama. He also had Barack Obama um, write up like a little quote for him, backing his campaign. And I think Stockton was just really excited for him to talk about all the change that he wanted to bring to Stockton. Um, another thing that he talked about in the interview was how he wanted equal opportunity for children in Stockton. And he wants, basically his, his upbringing was uh, he didn't have a father and then it was basically just him, his mom, his grandpa, or his grandma and his uncle. So he wanted children to be able to look at school and think of it as the main focus because that's what his mom told him was that school is going to be the number one thing in your life. Like, that's what you're going to do at your age right now. He said he didn't have basketball skills or he didn't have really any sports skills, so his mom made him focus on academics. And then that ultimately brought him to Stanford and to Google and to the White House. And so he kind of wants to go back and do that same thing for all the children in Stockton because at one point Stockton was – I think it was one of the highest crime rates um, in California for sure. And he wants, he basically just wants a better future for Stockton. I think that's what people are really happy about. Awesome. Thanks for that report. Thanks, guys. All right. Who's up next? Amanda. All right. This is Amanda, and me and Clayton covered the United States representatives race between Jeff Denham and Michael Eggman. And Jeff Denham was the incumbent, and he did win this election with uh, about a hundred and ten, or one hundred ten thousand six hundred fifty nine voter turnout for himself. And Michael uh, came out with about a hundred thousand six hundred forty six voter turnout. So about that uh, ten thousand person difference. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there hasn't been a real lot of coverage on them after the election. You know, Jeff Denham's just been super. Um, active on Facebook, his uh, like page, just been, you know, thank you for your support, you know, I'm going to continue fighting for the Valley kind of thing, and I did recently find he uh, sent a letter to Donald Trump about the water, the um, Clean Water Act that was proposed back in January. He's trying to fight for it because they wanted, um, Congress wanted to add this thing that included navigational water usage, and it had to do with, um, farmers' ponds and, like, drainage ditches and, like, really small things, and that could have a, like, really, really negative impact on the valley. So Jeff Denham was, like, sent a letter to the president-elect and asked to have him repeal that act because it could have a very negative effect, and that just kind of shows that even though he won again, he's not, he's still very active in what he wants to do. He's just continuing to do the job kind of thing, so I thought that was really cool to find out. And uh, Michael Eggman, he just kind of dropped off again after the election. So the only thing that I found was he just um, took a moment to thank his supporters on Facebook and um, kind of low-key attacked the um, voter count. He just said, like, even though there's, he quoted, I'll quote this, while there's still tens of thousands of ballots yet to be counted, we did not make up the votes we had hoped to during the most recent count. And it's like, I don't really know how to take that. I kind of took it as like, a little offensively, like, you're kind of supposed to bow out graciously after it's been reported that you did not win, so I don't know, maybe, 
he shouldn't have said that in that kind of way, but um, but yeah, that's all I found on him. So all right, yeah, cool. thanks, Amanda. Good report, Clayton. My name is Clayton, and um, I also did a report on <clears throat> Jeff Denham and Michael Eggman. And to follow up with Amanda was saying was I thought it was very interesting that Eggman for Congress his site is no longer up. Like I tried to get onto it, and it's like you would think that if you had you know, values that you want to stand by, like, you would at least leave it up so people can kind of, like, know who you are instead of being like, well, since it's over, let me just, you know, cut it out of my life. But I thought that was quite interesting. And then um, uh, to go with the, the, they call it WOTUS. I thought that was interesting. Right? I I thought that was interesting um, for Stanislaus County. But uh, I liked the quote that said uh, President-elect Trump has a real opportunity to support the ag community that feeds America because the Central Valley really does feed a lot of America. So, um, so what did that, you guys mean by WOTUS? Can you explain? Okay, I mean it's It right means here. water of the United States. So yeah. instead of POTUS, like President of the United States, they just have a hashtag called WOTUS for water. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it was the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Lotus. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. And that's something that Denim's latched onto. Um, that was uh Denim's request for Trump to repeal it. Oh, got it. Yeah. Cool. So, other than that, Jeff Denim is just getting the business like usual. This is third term, so. Yeah, this is his job. This is his job. Yeah, he's just like you know. <laughs> back to work. Just back to just work. Brush off my shoulders a little bit and continue what I'm doing. Uh huh. So, uh huh. All right, that's good. We can still count on him to be our, our guest speaker at uh, graduation night, right? Nice. Here at Stan State, alum. Okay, anybody else want to add something about the elections, post-election coverage, plans to stay involved? Oh, I'm going to stay involved. Yeah? <laughs> yes. In what way, Clayton? I'm going to be on AP News every day like I've currently been. Excellent. For the rest of my life now. Very good, very good. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think, you know, it's just this class has really kind of like forced me to pay more attention. So it's like, even like when I'm like half paying attention to like CNN or something like that, when I see or hear something, I'm just kind of like turn up the volume, like, what, what was that? You know, because I feel like, you know, before I assumed that, you know, there was things outside of our control that really they affect us nationally, but not like like close, you know, like locally. And so now I feel like everything potentially can affect me, you know what I mean? And so I'm really focused on what's being implemented and things that are being passed because I feel like I should be paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the success for all of us, right? I mean, That's right. if we're all paying attention, then we can all make sound judgments. Correct, it is a democracy. And once you get interested in how it works, you can't really get uninterested right? in how it works. <laughs> yeah. It's like taking the red pill. <laughs> right, it's Once true. Once you take it, you're done. It's true. You're woke. <laughs> woke, theme of this episode. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing is just to remain informed uh, because I don't want to feel uh, ill-prepared when it comes to uh, voting and when it comes to um, you know the propositions or anything like that. I, I did a lot of reminiscing uh, through this election based off of my very first election, which was the 2012 election. And uh, I really, to be honest, I was the type of guy that would change the channel if anything political would come up on the screen. But um, now, you know, being able to understand 
on a better aspect how politicians present themselves I think makes it more interesting um, and also just to be able to you know make a conscious decision when you do go out and vote I think that right there for me was more of a like a fulfilling of oh hey like I've done all this studying I've got to read up on each candidate I submitted a candidate report every single week so you know it was like okay hey like you know I know the decision I'm making is something I can fully I don't know what the word I'm looking for like accept or um, fully support and um, not every candidate I voted for ended up getting elected but you know that's how the election goes sometimes the people you vote for gets in sometimes they don't thanks Corey Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Central Valley Politics Podcast, brought to you by the Student Media Center at California State University Stanislaus, home to The Signal, student-run newspaper, and 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative radio station. You can find both online at csusignal.com or kcss.net. A small update to the content in the podcast, we did find out that Amy Boo Black has won the District 4 City Council election, so congratulations, Amy. A special thanks to your host, Dr. Shannon Stevens, and all the students in her political communication class, and also to our engineer, Kyle Rankin. Also, I would like to extend a special thanks to you for listening in to the Central Valley Politics Podcast. This is a project we would like to continue in the future, so if you have any suggestions on how we can improve, please email us at standstatepodcasts at gmail.com. You can also tweet the signal at CSU Signal or Dr. Stevens at Shannon Stevens. Again, thanks for listening and a shout out to the candidates and the special guests who have taken the time to come talk to us. This is Mariah Esparza at Stan State, where we will continue doing our part to save the vote.